it's again going to be chapter 18. So here I, oh, the Shakespeare's Taylor. So here I go. By the time I shed my costume and hung it in the wardrobe, I dressed in my customary clothing. The light coming through the high window had faded. I stepped from the kitchen room and looked about and listened. The area behind the stage was deserted. I cautiously moved across the door of the property room. It was unlocked. I stepped inside and pushed it close behind me, leaving a gap of hands ready to let a bit of light into the windowless room. It contained half a dozen trunks, several of them secured with locks. There was no way knowing which one contained the treasures. I had long since learned to look for the easiest way of pushing a task. It would be far easier to look into the unlocked chests first on the slight chance that one of them might hold the truth. I raised the lid of the nearest one. Hangs quick as feeling and I hobbled, fearing someone might still be in the theater. Hearing nothing, I yanked the lid open and peered inside. Small weapons of all sorts, from bucklers to broadswords, were piled within. I went on to the next room. The light was was so far gone that I had to lay the lid back and bend close in order to see. I gasped and stumbled back, blood and horror. The trunk was packed with parts of human bodies, bloody arms, hands cut off at the wrist, several heads with staring, sightless eyes. I knocked against another chest and sat heavily down upon it. Holding a hand over my mouth to muffle my frantic breathing, I gaped at the trunk as though an awful content might fall Slowly it came to me that these were stage properties made of plaster and paint, and I had to keep my hand over my mouth to stifle and relieve the laughter that rose in me. I was suddenly sobered by the sound of footfalls close to close by. They rolled off the trunk and crushed behind me. The the footsteps approached and halted before the door half of uh, For the, a moment, there was utter silence. I held my breath. Then I heard the door swing out of its hinges, not open, but closed. This thin shaft of light was eclipsed. The latch clicked. A key rattled in the lock. The bolt slid into its place. Then the footsteps retreated. Finally, when there was a a distant, muffled thump, the rear door of the theater began closed and locked. I crawled up from behind 
the trunk and felt my way across the black room, banging painfully against the racks of weapons in the corners of the trunks. As I expected, the door was locked and surely and securely as those locked tr- trunks. If, if the dropped about in the dark long enough, it might manage eventually to break into the bookcase's trunk and liberate the strip. But what good would it do me if I was still a prisoner? In the end, I made no attempt to force the trunks or locate the book. Discovered he, I, if discovered here in the morning, I could contrive some explanation of how I came to shut up in the property room. But even with my skill at lying, I would have a hard time explaining broken locks and the missing strip. He, there was only one advantage, at least in being locked up so securely. Falconer could not get to me. There was also several distinct disadvantages. I, I had no food, no water, no place to relieve myself, and no bed to sleep in. Such discomforts were not new to me, but lately I had become accustomed to regular meals and soft bedding. I found my touch by touch of help of a half moment to relieve myself in, and a pile of carpets in the corner of the room to lie down upon and sleep, and the untroubled sleep of a prisoner who is resigned to his prison. I woke in the morning to the sound of footsteps and the property room door was being unlocked. Like a mouse, I scrambled for the hiding place, but I need not have bothered. The door was not opened. Then I heard the footsteps climb the stairs, and I stole across the room and out the door, and thence out of the theater. The sun had not yet shown itself, and I hoped it might be at Mr. Pope's in time for breakfast. Fearing that Falconer might lie in wait, I took a roundabout road and came upon Mr. Pope and Sandow as they were leaving the house. And where have you been the whole night long, my lad? Mr. Pope demanded. Well, I replied, to buy a bit of time. It was rather a long tale. Then you must be best begin at once. Well, sir, the truth is, it's it's me old master. A hunted me down here. I can't how I had me heart set on being a player, you see, and I try and tried to force me to return to Shirkshire with him. I went along as far as St. Albans. Such details added credibly to a lie. Where I slipped away and and I've spent the night walking about. Saints mercy, said Sander. You must be exhausted. Mr. Pope was spectacular. Spectacular. 
walked away from St. Albans? That's upwards of 20 miles. Nay, nay, I I said quickly. I never walked the whole time. A farmer brought me a farmer brought me half the way on his cart. Nathan slept a bit on his load of straw. I brushed imaginary chap from my tunic. It seemed to satisfy him, and he grew more solicitous. Have you eaten then? Have you eaten then? Uh, I, I said. I'm not wishing to try his patience. The foolish farmer shared his bread and cheese with me. The wood that I had lied so convincingly on my complaining stomach. As we walked on, Sander hung back and whispered. I didn't tell him you were gone when he just noticed. He was anxious about you. About me? Truly? Sander nodded. He takes the welfare of his boys very seriously. He was accustomed to being called someone's boy. Like like the term his man, in it can mean you are his servant or chattel of that person. But the way Sander used the word, it implied something more, something better. That I was not merely part of the household, but part of the family. My empty belly made the morning's lesson seem interminable. There were well into them before Nick had when Nick appeared, looking as though he'd slept in his clothing, and at the same time Though he hadn't slept at all, Mr. Armin left us to perform our pasatas and drew Nick into a corner where they had a lengthy conversation. As their tempers mounted, so did their voices. I'm not a child, Nick was saying. When, when will you stop me, treat, stop treating me as one? When? You stop behaving as one, drinking and gamming until all hours is not mark of man. Neither is wearing skirts and prancing about the stage like a woman. Ah, that's it, is it? You feel you're ready for men's roles, do you? Well, I, Nick, well, I, Nick, hesitated. I'm sick of playing a girl, that's all. He rubbed at the stumble of his cheeks. And, and I'm sick of being thought of a callow boy wherever I go because I'm forced to shave my beard. Do you feel you're ready to move from apprentice and hired man? Are you quite certain you've learned everything you need to know? Nick's voice faltered. Perhaps, perhaps not everything. No, I think not. Come, let's try to fill in what you lack so that when the time comes for you to play man's part, you'll be ready. 
Mr. Armin glanced at the three of us who had been eavesdropping. You got lot to have far more to learn than he does. He called, get back to work. Fifty more pesetas. As we thrust over and over the unyielding wall, I whispered to Sander, and Nick is so much of a trouble, why do you not give him the chuck? Sander gave me a puzzled look. The chuck? Aye, throw him out. Sander stopped to wipe his brow. Would you throw out your brother if he had one? If you had one? I don't have one. But if you did, that's different. Not really, don't you see? The theater is sort of a family, and like like him or no, Nick is part of it. A few weeks before, I would not have understood his meaning, but now I felt it. Besides, Sandra went on, he's having a bad time just now, that's all. He'll come around. Perhaps, I said doubtfully. It's just prefer uh, didn't come around me. Later, as we were on our way downstairs, Will's lie stopped me. Mr. Hemmings wants to see you. Me? Do you know another witch? He's in, prop- in the property room. The, the property room? Has anyone checked the boy's ears? I believe he is a trifle deaf. Perhaps you're not saying things properly, Julian countered. You haven't been drinking, have you? Will grinned. You know more than usual. Ah, that's the problem then. You've not luckerated your chawbones. It's not in the mood to appreciate their jests. What's what business could Hemmings have with me, particularly the property room? I could think of but only but one possible topic, and was not one to I was eager to discuss. So that was chapter 18. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later. See ya, see ya later. Bye guys.